Not long before the Lord took Elijah up into heaven in a strong wind, Elijah and Elisha were leaving Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, The Lord wants me to go to Bethel, but you must stay here. Elisha replied, I swear by the living Lord and by your own life that I will stay with you no matter what. And he went with Elijah to Bethel. A group of prophets who lived there asked Elisha, Do you know that today the Lord is going to take away your master? Yes, I do, Elisha answered, but don't remind me of it. Elijah then said, Elisha, now the Lord wants me to go to Jericho, but you must stay here. Elisha replied, I swear by the living Lord and by your own life that I will stay with you no matter what. And he went with Elijah to Jericho. A group of prophets who lived there asked Elijah, Do you know that today the Lord is going to take away your master? Yes, I do, Elisha answered, but don't remind me of it. Elijah then said to Elisha, Now the Lord wants me to go to the Jordan River, but you must stay here. Elisha replied, I swear by the living Lord and by your own life that I will never leave you. So the two of them walked on together. Fifty prophets followed Elijah and Elisha from Jericho, then stood at a distance and watched as the two men walked towards the river. When they got there, Elijah took off his coat, then he rolled it up and struck the water. At once, a path opened up through the river, and the two of them walked across it on dry ground. After they had reached the other side, Elijah said, Elisha, the Lord will soon take me away. What can I do for you before that happens? Elisha answered, Please, give me twice as much of your power as you give the other prophets, so I can be the one who takes your place as their leader. It won't be easy, Elijah answered. It can happen only if you see me as I am being taken away. Elijah and Elisha were walking along and talking, when suddenly there appeared between them a flaming chariot pulled by fiery horses. Right away, a strong wind took Elijah up into heaven. Elisha saw this and shouted, Israel's cavalry and chariots have taken my master away. After Elijah had gone, Elisha tore his clothes in sorrow. Elisha's coat had fallen off, so Elisha picked it up and walked back to the Jordan River. He struck the water with the coat and wondered, will the Lord perform miracles for me as he did for Elijah? As soon as Elisha did this, a dry path opened up through the water and he walked across. When the prophets from Jericho saw what happened, they said to each other, Elisha now has Elijah's power. They walked over to him and bowed down. What a great week we've had and I've uh, been able to join in one or two of the mornings, which has been absolutely fantastic. So what has been in the whole of your life, the most jaw-dropping moment you have ever seen? What has been the moment in the whole of your life that's taken your breath away? Let's have a few answers. Think about that for a moment. Where are those microphones gone? Ah, oh, Martin, do you mind just uh, uh, taking the answers as, as they come up? Let's have some hands out. Something really jaw-breaking, something amazing that you've experienced. Come on, I'm sure that, yeah. Can I, no, have we got something to say? Yeah, something really exciting. Something that's really taking your breath away. Going on holiday. 
Going on holiday. A day on holiday, fantastic. What else? What else have been amazing experiences? Flying over the Grand Canyon. Wow. That's a good one. What else have we had? Come on, there are going to be some more. Becoming a grandmother. <laughs> Ice skating. Ice skating, wow, that's a nice one. Okay. Having a baby. Having a baby. Having a baby, wow, yes. How very exciting, very special. Skydiving. Skydiving, great stuff. Gosh, we've had some amazing experiences. Any more? Is there one last one? One last one over there. Going to an exciting place. Wonderful. That's so good. So some of the most incredible moments in the circus are on the trapeze acts, on those horizontal bars that are suspended from the high roof of a big top. Do you know why a circus tent is often called a big top? It's so that it's so high. Uh, not everyone can, see, everyone can see it around, obviously, that it's happening. But also inside, you have all these high wire acts that are going on, all these amazing things, as there are men and women who risk their lives doing these incredible acts up in the high top of the big top. And Elisha, in our story, saw something incredible. incredible. I think this is the first time I've ever likened Elisha's chariot to the trapeze act of the big top. But it was, after all, something like that. He and Elijah approached the river Jordan. Elijah took his coat, rolled it up, struck the river, and the water divided so that they could walk across. And then when they got over to the other side, something quite remarkable happened. Elijah had been faithful to God throughout his life, and now God gave him this amazing chariot ride to heaven. And he was whisked up into the sky, and Elisha Elisha looked up, and he said, wow. He was actually quite terrified. And then he was quite alone, and wondering wondering what else was going to happen. Great for Elijah, challenging for Elisha. He picked up the cloak of Elijah that had fallen from him. He walked back to the river River Jordan. But of course, he was on the wrong side. All the other people that he knew were over in Jericho on the other side. What was going to happen next? This is the sort of suspense moment of the story. Elijah, Elijah had been whisked away. Elisha was on the wrong side of the river. He was holding on to Elijah's cloak. What would happen next? And he struck the water just as Elijah had done. And then he cried out, where is the Lord, the the God of Elijah? That's the phrase I'd like you to remember this morning. Where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? And of course, God was right there, as he'd he'd always always been. As he'd always been with Elijah, as he'd increasingly been with Elisha, God was right there in that moment. And the waters divided again so that Elijah could get back to Jericho and continue to do what God wanted him to do. So where is God today? 
He is right here, just as he was in that moment when Elijah was taken back into heaven. Let me remind you of some of the things that happened in Elijah's life. Just as Elijah himself, in that little drama, told us one or two of the things that he had done. Let's come back to some of those things that happened with Elijah when God was with him. That shows us that God is with us now. And as we continue in this short talk, those of you who are online will just hear my voice as you'll see the pictures on the screen. So stay with me as we go through this. Because Elijah believed in God when lots of people around him didn't. The king of Israel at the time was Ahab. The queen was Jezebel. They were not living a life that was honoring to God and encouraged the people to worship false gods. So Elijah had to predict a drought as a punishment for the behaviors of the king and the people. And God was with Elijah through all this difficult time. There's Elijah speaking to King Ahab. And it wasn't an easy task, but God was there through this difficult time in the nation's history. The whole of this season was particularly challenging. And not everyone today believes in God either. You may find that you're the only person in your year group at school or in your workplace or in your neighborhood who believes in God and believes in Jesus Christ. But God is here and he will help you when other people turn away from him. That's what Elijah found out. That God was there when other people turned away. Now, a little bit later in the story, Elijah was sent to the house of a widow at Zarephath, which was on the Mediterranean coast, on the far north of what was then the kingdom of Israel. And he met a widow at the town gates and asked her for some food. She only had one meal left, but she shared what little that she had. And amazingly, that little bit of food lasted day after day after day after day until eventually the rains came. And in that same home, the widow's son became seriously ill and died. But Elijah prayed, and he was wonderfully restored to life. And so the Lord is here when times are hard. Jesus tells us to pray in the Lord's Prayer, give us today our daily bread. He knows when times are hard, when we're struggling to find the food that we need to eat, or when illness strikes, the Lord is here and he, and will, he provide. will provide. It may not be what we want or what we expect, but he does hear and he does answer our prayers. The Lord is here when times are hard. A little bit further on in Elijah's story, he had, he had a, a really big challenge. There was this contest on Mount Carmel. The idea was that those who followed the god Baal should build an altar to their god with an animal on it that was ready for sacrifice, but not to set fire on the altar. And then Elijah would prepare the altar of the Lord with an animal on it ready for sacrifice and pour lots and lots of water all around it, but not to set fire to it. Both groups would pray to their gods. And the God who answered by fire is the true God. So the prophets of Baal prepared their altar, they did all that, and they prayed. 
and nothing happened. And then Elijah, on his own, prepared the altar again. And he prayed. And in a remarkable way, the fire came and burnt up that sacrifice. Sometimes we face big challenges. Going to a new school, starting a new job, setting up a new business, moving to a new home. These are the big challenges of life. God is here when we face a big challenge. The Lord is here in these new and challenging things. And these words are not just appropriate for each of us on our own, in our lives, but they are appropriate also to our corporate community as a church and to our nation and to the wider world. Where is the God of Elijah? We might ask, especially in the context of the last two or three days. Christians across the world have been praying for peace. And we certainly should do, continue to do this. We grieve over the tragic invasion and the devastating destruction in Ukraine that's going on right at this moment as I speak. Where is the God of Elijah? He is here. And he is among the people of Ukraine. He is there. And we pray to him that in his sovereign power, the glory of God will be known. We'll do that before we finish this morning. One day, Elijah was very unhappy. He sat all alone under a tree, wishing that he would die. And an angel came to him, and there was some cake baked on hot stones and some water beside his head. And Elijah got up and ate and traveled for another 40 days to a special mountain where God met him again. I wonder, have you ever felt lonely? Do you feel in this moment, although sitting with a lot of other people, that you're actually completely alone, as if no one else really understands? Being alone and scared is not a nice thing at all. But God is with you in those dark moments. And amazing things happen when you keep trusting and praying. The Lord, the Lord is, here is here when we feel completely alone. And the Lord is here also when other people take our place. You see, Elijah started his life alone, but then Elisha came along and worked with Elijah. And eventually it was time for Elisha to take over. And God was there again. How did Elisha feel when he stood looking at Elijah being whisked up into heaven? Elijah had seen some amazing miracles. Would all that suddenly stop? No, not at all. Elisha was on the wrong side of the River Jordan. It needed another miracle. And that miracle happened. And he was able to move back across to Jericho and to continue the work that Elijah had begun. And in the kingdom of God today, people will come and go, but the Lord himself rules for all time. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Lord is here when other people may take our place.
So where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? That's what Elisha said. After Elijah was whisked up to heaven, he said, where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? Has he gone as well? No. The Lord is here. And the Lord is here right now this morning. He's here when other people turn away from him. He's here when times are hard. He's here when we face a big challenge. He's here when we feel completely alone. He's here when other people take our place. The Lord, the sovereign God, is here at all times. What is our memory verse from the week? Say it with me, if you remember. The things God has done are great. His miracles are mighty. His kingdom continues forever. The Lord is here. Sorry, Daniel chapter 4 and verse 3. The Lord is here. The Lord is here this morning. You've been fantastic in listening as I've been speaking in these last few minutes. And now I'd like you, if at all possible, to hold that stillness as we come to a very important moment of prayer. I'm going to bring the candle up on the stage. Just move this around a bit so that this is in the uh, central view of the camera for those of you who are on the live stream as well. There we go. And we're just going to light this. Sometimes a candle just helps us to focus, doesn't it? And to settle and to remember that the Lord is here. As we come to pray particularly for other parts of the world, I wonder whether you'd be able to stand if you're able to as we pray. I think that every church across the country and in many countries across the world will be praying today for peace after the devastating invasion of Ukraine by Russia, the continuing fighting with all its destruction and loss of life. And so as we've lit this candle, let us now pray together. Lord God, we believe that you are the God of all time, of all places, and of all situations. As Elisha cried out, where is the God of Elijah? and found you to be present right there. We believe that to be true this morning, right here. We've been deeply saddened by the news of the last three days, of the attack on Ukraine by the Russian armed forces. And we cry out to you, Lord, for peace at this time. We pray for all those who are at risk, who fear for their lives and their futures. Bring comfort, reassurance, and protection. We pray for wisdom to the government in Ukraine as they seek to defend their country. And we pray for your intervention in the thinking and the actions of those in Russia who are behind this conflict. 
We pray for the churches in Ukraine as they seek to help those in great need and seek to bring hope where there is so much despair. Come, Lord Jesus. Bring your healing, protection, and peace. May your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Please do sit down just for a moment. One or two things to say before we come to our final song. We will continue our focus on prayer this evening. So in G6, uh, there'll be a gathering at 6 o'clock if you're able to come for some reflective music, readings, and prayer. Uh, and then tomorrow morning online, half past 8, the Zoom code is in the news sheet. And Wednesday morning uh, here in person at 9 o'clock. Those are the opportunities for us to continue to pray together at this critical time in the life of the world. Next weekend is a very important time in the life of the church, and all the information about that was in the news sheet, so please do check it out and uh, act upon it and make sure that you're aware of what is going on and how you can be involved. And the church meeting, obviously, that follows on the Wednesday afterwards. There's also information in the news sheet about the deacon's election, uh, one opportunity for, for someone to serve as a deacon at the moment, and uh, please Keep that very much in your prayers, just two weeks for you to respond to it. So some important times in the life of the church, as well as in our world and in the wider nation. So let's stand and sing, and we've got a great song to conclude this morning that gathers together so much of what we've been learning in Holiday Club and what we've been thinking about today. As God, we recognize that God is sovereign over us. Let's stand and sing.